0: great to be here i don't really need to say anything this morning do i because we could just linger in god's presence beautiful like you say beautiful i love it but god has given me something to say so i'd be in trouble if i don't say it (laughs) the boss will have me (laughs) because we're here to worship him to keep him in the center to to do our best to be his people in this community where he's placed us and I want to share something with you, which I guess in many respects is a very, it's a very practical word, but it, it links to my previous two visits to you this year. Right at the start of this year, when I was talking with Dave Mfeon, Dave said to me, he says, I really feel it, Steve. It'd be great this year if you could talk to us again around sort of building church themes. So if you cast your mind back, those of you who are old enough to cast your mind back, to January, when I, I came in January, and I, I, I shared a word with you from Nehemiah. Remember that? Ooh, three of you—that's good. Uh, and I call it building agreement, and made the point that if we're going to build great local church, there must be a real spirit of agreement amongst us which is gathered around some of the things we found in Nehemiah. I made the point we've all got to feel what God feels for this church and for this community. Unless we feel something from heaven in our spirit, we're not going to be galvanized together to do anything significant for Jesus together. So we feel what God feels. And because we feel it, because we've heard it from him, then we all want to get involved in helping make it happen. So we all get involved in the building together together. And together we all respond to God's word as one. And then we protect that word and we seek to outwork that word together. So it's very much let's build in an agreement. Then when I came in summer, when uh, these guys were on the beach, God bless them, they deserve a beach every now and again. <laughs> I shared with you about prayer and the fact that, yeah, building's great, but don't let that just make you busy. Don't just be active. Don't let it be programs and events and, and activities and oh, we've got to fill a box with stuff. And then we've got to fill a Jesus Cares hamper. Then we've got to go and do this, this. Don't make it all about doing for its own sake, but bathe everything with prayer. We pray and build. We build and pray. And that's what Nehemiah again did. I used him as my illustration again to to show you that We just get worn out if all we do is do, 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 do. We're building, but we're doing it in the name of Jesus, so it'll be okay. And he says, don't be stupid. You're human. You've got limits. Come on. Just do what I want you to do, and then there'll be a grace for it, and there'll be strength for it. So let's pray and build. And then we come to today at the end of the year, and reflecting back on that theme, I felt held there. Now, I'm not going to go to Nehemiah again, but I want to take you into another linked around building church together and being a thriving church in this community. I don't know whether any of you have been for counseling, relationship counseling. Um, I won't ask you to admit it if you have, it's okay. But we've, we've done a fair bit, my wife and I, over the years and we've actually been recipients of it. And typically, in those sort of environments, if there's been a breakdown in a relationship, you will say to the parties involved, let's pretend it's Dave and Faye. They've had a bust-up, and they're not getting on. And he's had enough of her, and she's had enough of him. And so they come and they talk to the counsellor, and they say, you know, can you please help us? Somewhere in the mix of that conversation, the counsellor may say something like, what do you believe, Dave, is the best thing you could ever give to Faye? What's the greatest gift you could ever give her? Faye, what do you think is the greatest gift you could ever give to Dave? Dave. And, of course, we think in that moment. And we tend to think, hmm, okay, what does she like? Oh, probably the greatest gift I could give to her is a lovely holiday. The greatest gift could be to take her on a cruise. The greatest gift could be more chocolates and more flowers. Uh, We come up with dumb things like that. And the counselor inevitably takes us to this point of, no, the greatest gift you can be, Steve, to your partner is... A healthy you be the best Steve you can be she married you she loves you she sees the good in you you had all these things in common so the greatest gift I can give to my wife or that Dave could give to Fay and so on is a healthy whole human being that loves God is looking after themselves and contributing to the marriage because it's two healthy whole individuals that make a great marriage We all know that sort of principle. So my greatest gift to you is a healthy me. We could put it like that. Which means I've got to obey what Jesus said. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. I've got to love myself first so I can love my partner, my neighbor, my friend. I've got to look after myself. Because unless I'm healthy, I'm not much used to them. I'm just full of my own dysfunction. I'm I'm kind of concentrating on my own failures, feeling inadequate. But if I will grow up and be mature and be a healthy me, then I can be a blessing to others. Now that principle, I want us just to shift from an individual relationship to a corporate one. Technically, the sum total of individuals who are loving themselves so they can bless their neighbor in this church constitutes the body of Christ here. The church as a whole, therefore, must love itself enough so that it can bless its neighbor. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If this church doesn't love itself If you as King's Church don't love yourself in the sense that you look after yourselves, you remain healthy, you remain balanced, you remain sound, you remain in good nick. If you will look after one another and be a healthy, vibrant local church, I would suggest to you this morning, that's the greatest gift you can give to this community. Because my title for you this morning is this, Our Greatest Gift of the World is a healthy church. Our greatest gift to the world is a healthy church. The church must therefore love itself enough to make sure that it's in good shape. Only then can it be that gift to the world. You know, a dysfunctional church that won't deal with its immaturities or its failings or that's got lots of infighting or politics or falling out with each other, the world looks at that and goes, what a joke, but when they see the church being all that God intended us to be <laughs> they look and they go wow what a beautiful body what a healthy community what's going on here see God's vehicle for accomplishing his purpose in the world is the church I'm sure you've seen this scripture before but Ephesians 3 10 says his intent this is Christ's intent was that now through the church The manifold wisdom of God should be made known. How are people going to find out about Christ, hear about Jesus, understand how to live in this sin-poisoned world? They've got to see it modeled somewhere. And it's the church's mission to be that. Therefore, we have to look after ourselves, be healthy, be strong, be the right kind of community. So I guess our question becomes, all right, Steve, I get your point, but... What does healthy church look like then? I mean, what does a healthy church look like? Well, I guess we could take the mic and come and ask a few of you. Say, what do you believe healthy church looks like? Because we aspire to be it, don't we? We want to be it. And we'll no doubt get lots of different answers. But God in his wisdom has kept it simple. I love him for that. (laughs) He's kept it simple. And in the word of God... He's simply given us a whole range of of pictures, of metaphors, that work in every society on the planet and every part of the world to understand what his healthy community looks like. It's things like this. The church is pictured, for example, as a family. We are the family of God. So if we're going to be a healthy church, we have to kind of be the equivalent of a healthy family with good healthy relationships that's multi-generational where there's there's discipline and there's learning and there's nurture and there's loving one another and there's keeping each other safe all the things that would tumble out of the family metaphor swing over into the church we want to be a healthy church okay well let's be a healthy family all the mums and dads in the house the grandparents in the house the kids in the house the teenagers in the house and let's do we talk to each other do we understand each other do we cheer each other on the wisdom of the years is needed by the zealousness of the youth and that we just need it, don't we families look out for each other families are beautiful God gives the picture in his Bible of the church being like a, a building Actually, the building is is a temple, a glorious temple. I put a picture up there of, that's Salzburg Cathedral, so I'm not saying that's the center of everything, but get my point. It's a fabulous piece of architecture. You know, it's, it's awesome when you get inside it. In some ways, the church is to be that. We have to be a, not just a a broken-down old shed, like you might have at the bottom of your garden, That's not a picture of the church. No, it's something awesome that's a picture of the church in building terms. Another picture the Bible gives us is of the church being like a bride. A bride. Wow. Not with a borrowed dress and plastic flowers and, you know, just in a rush. No, a beautifully adorned, expensive bride. Some of you know what I mean. If you've had kids and you've had to pay for the wedding, you know what I mean. Uh, brides take a long time to get ready. takes weeks, months, sometimes years to choose the dress, to decide how it's going to be, to get everything ready, to, to, to you know, lose the weight, go on the diet, get fit, look their best. Why? Because they love the groom. Because they're going to be committed to that groom for the rest of their lives. They're determined to be faithful. And the church is to be like that. Healthy churches look like a bride being prepared, getting herself ready, so committed to the groom, so loving Jesus, so wanting him to come and be together on that wedding day because one day there's going to be a wedding supper of the Lamb and we're going to be there with Jesus, but that's another subject. And what about a light? Jesus said you are the light of the world. Yeah, he's the light of the world as well, but he said of us. You are the light of the world. And don't put your light under a bushel. Put it where people can see it. Oh, well, I'm like a little candle. No, we're supposed to be a bright light. Not a low voltage or a bulb or a you know flickering fluorescent tube waiting to blow up. No, a, a bright, vibrant light that exposes the darkness, yes, but also radiates the nature and life of our wonderful God and Savior. Bright, penetrating light. So it could go on. The church is supposed to be like a healthy flock of sheep. (laughs) We're the flock of God. He's the good shepherd. And we're his sheep. Not emaciated, sick, neglected sheep. No, healthy. Sheep that'll get the best price at the auction for the farmer. You know, if you're into a farming environment at all, you'll understand (laughs) a healthy flock, prospering under the care of the great shepherd. And maybe the most common analogy that the New Testament has for us about the people of God, the church, is that we're supposed to be like a body, a healthy body, fit, lean machine, appropriate for our age and size and stature and all the rest of it, but not a body that's full of illness. Not a body that's so sick that it's distracted from its purpose in life with its own ailments all the time. No, a healthy body. Now, all those pictures and many more. God gave us in his word, and there are lots and lots of them. Now, I once did a study on it, and I could come up with about 20, 25 fairly quickly. Pictures of what the church should be like if it's healthy. Be you know, like salt and those dressed in white, which means living purely, and uh, ambassadors of Christ. And when your mind gets going, you can think of 20 quite easily. Um, I've got one book at home on my shelf that has 96 pictures of what the community of God should look like from the whole scripture, Old and New Testament. (laughs) It's just amazing. Many of them are nuanced, but the point is, God's very clever. Because those pictures work in every culture on the planet whether you've been raised in the jungles or raised in the desert or raised in the south welsh valleys or raised in the dales of yorkshire like me we can all identify with yeah the church the community of god's people should be like a healthy family it should be like a great flock it should be like it's good isn't it god's clever now i want to use just one of them to make a few simple practical suggestions to us today, some encouragement to us. I want you to think just a little bit more about the church being like a healthy body. A healthy church looks like a healthy body, because I think we relate to that, because we live in one. We carry it around with us all the time, and we are are very quickly aware when our bodies are not functioning right. We're very body conscious these days, maybe more than generations have been before us. And of course, the church as the body of Christ is a big theme in Paul's writings in the New Testament. We haven't got time to read big passages, but read for yourself 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. All around the church being a healthy body. And I think that just as the human body is amazing, it, it makes me just be amazed sometimes when I think how complex my body is. And how it works so instinctively. I don't have to think about certain things. It just does certain things. It's just amazing how God has made us. It's beautiful. It's fully integrated. It's unified. It's synchronized. And so should the church be. There's a sense in which as a local church community. You have to be as fit and healthy and robust. And fit for purpose as our healthy human bodies should be. I want people to look at the church and go, wow, what a body. This is the body, beautiful. I'm not talking about your external appearance now, remember. Remember, this is a metaphor, an analogy. I don't know what goes through your head when you look in the mirror on the morning. But I'm talking about our, our corporate identity is, I want Jesus to look and go, yes, that is my body. I recognize that as being me because we're living his life for him, <laughs> as I was preparing for today, I was reminded when I was a kid, I had a game called Misfits. Don't know whether any of you remember the game Misfits. The picture of it on the screen. It was kind of a bodies all carved up into four, so a load of heads, a load of hats, a load of middles, and a load of legs, and you played a game, sort of trying to get them all in the right order. But of course, a lot of the time, they're all misfits like that if the world look at the church and they see one of those things <laughs> they go ooh that's a bit weird that's that's bizarre i can't relate to that sadly sometimes that sort happens we we get we get a bit weird or we go a bit off on one and we 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 become disconnected from the world that we're designed to be reaching god wants us to Look like a robust, healthy, fit-for-purpose body. And I believe when we are being that, we become the greatest gift of the world we can be. A healthy church, a healthy body is the greatest gift to the world around us. The text I want to root my thought in today is Ephesians 4 verse 15. It says this, it says, We will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, as you can see, that's a verse which is a couple of verses that is all about body. Body being healthy and robust and being held together and so on. And from it, I want to say six quick, simple things. The first is this. A healthy body only has one visible form. It has one visible form. So I believe when the world looks at us as a corporate entity, essentially they should see unity. They should see one visible expression. Ah, yeah, King's Church, guys. We should be recognizable. You see, it's a whole. Our scripture says, from him the whole body. We're one whole. Now, when the Apostle Paul wrote to some churches in the New Testament, uh, Corinthians was a pretty good example, actually. He looked at them and thought, whoa, this is more like a misfits game. You know, they've gone off track here. There's division here. Some are for Paul, some are for Apollos. They're disagreeing and falling out about all manner of things. And Paul writes with this long chapter of 12, of 1 Corinthians, to correct that and say, guys, remember, no, you're one body. You're all needed, come on, to get them back to being one strong, visible form. In that chapter, he says, just as a body, though one has many parts, everybody's needed in your form, one body, and you are that body of Christ. Then the very next chapter is 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, because it works by love. Because we love each other, our form is established and strengthened. You know, you can't see all of a body at the same time. It's physically impossible. <clears throat> so if I get one of you to stand, Dave, just stand for me. Just we'll come forward a tad so they can see you. That's right. So hey, you reckon if you, from where you're sat, you can recognize Dave from there, can't you? So yeah, we know Dave. We know exactly what he looks like. We're looking at him all the time. But if Dave turned around the other way and all you saw was his back, just twiddle, you'd still recognize him. You know, if he, if he laid down on the floor, you'd st- it's all right. <laughs> and you got a glimpse of him, you go, oh, oh it's, it's Dave on the floor. What's he doing down there? You'd, you know, if, if Dave was climbing up a ladder, you'd glance up the ladder and go, oh, you know, all I can see is his backside and his shoes. Who is it? Oh, it's Dave. Yeah, Sit down, Dave. It's all right. So what, what I'm going to say is whatever angle you get good at observing what a body is from lots of angles. A few months ago, I was in Poland working with some friends I've got over there. And I wasn't preaching. I wasn't doing anything sort of front end at all. I was just there to support them through some stuff. And on the Sunday morning, the, uh, the service was streamed. My wife was at home watching it. When I get home, she says, uh, oh, I saw you in church. I said, did you? She says, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I didn't do anything. So the camera wasn't on me. She says, no, I saw you. I, I saw your bald spot. She recognized. She knew it was me. She said, "I could see you down front left, because I, I saw your spot. I saw your bald patch." <laughs> Welcome to the thing. It's, the point is, she she recognized it was all of me was there. The whole body was there, but she only saw one part of it. <laughs> now I think. No, we only have unified form as a single corporate identity when there's togetherness, and people get used to recognizing the whole from the part they see. Because the world never sees us all together like this. do they? they? They say, oh, is it really King's Church? I don't know, there's a few missing. It can't really be King's Church. No, th- what they see is me. They see you. They see you at work and they see you at college and they see you at the golf club. They see you doing your cycling and they go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Dave. Oh, yeah, King's Church. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's Mary. She lives here. Oh, yeah, King's Church. And you become the, the ball patch. You become the, 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 pe- the one part of this one form you have that people begin to go, oh, yeah. Because, you see, you represent the whole body wherever you are, and whoever meets you. And that's quite a responsibility. But I think it's important. We're all seen to be part of our visible oneness. We're all proud in the right sense of that world to identify as we're kings. We're for Jesus. We're for Newport. We're for extending the kingdom in the world. That's why we do stuff like Samaritan's Purse, etc., etc. So a healthy body has, has one form. And if you're detached from it, you're a random body part. You're not serving the mission of Christ in the earth. You've got to be part of a unified body. Second thing I've observed from this text is that a healthy body only has one head. It says, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Christ is the head of this body, this local church. Oh, yeah, but we have Dave and Faye. Yeah, but they're not the ultimate head. They're under shepherds. They're servants of Jesus, gifted and set in place to help lead you forward. But ultimately, it's about him, isn't it? He is the head of the church. He is the head of the body. And think about it physically. Your head dictates everything. It directs the rest of the body. The mind is in the head. So we want the mind of Christ to be the mind of this body, this expression. The head is where the voice comes from. The voice is where the eyes are. So the vision of this church and the voice and sound of this church has to be the voice of the head. Jesus, not what any random body part thinks it should be at any point in time. It's Jesus, what are you saying to us and through us right now? Lord, what are you seeing through us right now? What can we do together? Because all the direction, the vision, and the voice comes from the head. Now, one of the beautiful things about the early church when you read it in Acts is that they weren't just seen to be one because there was observable unity amongst them. That's very true. But they were heard to be one. Acts 2.24 says, they raised their voices together in prayer. Acts 5.42 says, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news. Yeah, there were many people, but there was this sense of oneness because fundamentally it was coming from the one head directed by Christ. I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is, does your voice sound like the voice of this body? Because the voice Does it proclaim our common vision, our common heart to do God's will? Does it proclaim our common faith? Uh, Do you vocally stand for the same things we all do? We all stand for righteousness. We all stand for Christ and his kingdom. We all stand for some fundamental values as believers. And it's important that we don't shy back and pull back, but that we are part of that same unified voice and vision. You know, I think that generally people shouldn't get two voices on any matter from people in the same church when it comes to the actual fundamentals of what we believe. <clears throat> so that the world view of this local church is being shaped by the part of the body they see, which of course is you, and what they are hearing and what they are seeing in terms of how we live our lives. And if we are a vital part of our one form. And if we are seeing and expressing that which Jesus is saying to us collectively, then we represent the whole. It's a beautiful thing. But a healthy body. Our third thought was this. A healthy body has ligaments. That is, it's, it's all held together by stuff, by joints and sinews and muscle. Um, a, a body's ligaments are its connection points. You know, your legs would fall off if it wasn't connected by ligaments. You know, your ear would drift off if there wasn't some muscle connecting it to your head. Our bodies are whole and have many parts which held together by ligaments. There's no free-floating parts. And our scripture says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. You know, naturally speaking, the moment you cease to be joined to another body part, that part dies. a finger gets chopped off, it dies if it's not quickly sewn back on. So we could go on, it's a simple analogy. Why? Because everything that that body part needs to live has been cut off. So blood is now not flowing to it. Nerves that take it to all the operational system of your brain and so on are no longer connected to it. And without nerves and without blood and all the rest of the body, that bit just dies. And that is sadly what happens to some believers. They get disconnected from community. They they, they think they're better on their own. Me and Jesus will be all right. No, you won't. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build random body parts that one day will all come together in heaven. No, Jesus is thoroughly and totally a relational God. I've been teaching the last few weeks um, a module in the Bible school in my church back home on the doctrine of God. So my head's got right back into the nature of God again. And one of the big things about our God is this He is relational and He is plural. He does not exist in isolation, it's Father, Son, and Spirit all the way through. We're Trinitarian. And he he created us for relationship and fellowship. It's all about people being together. And if the devil can isolate us, it takes us outside the game. But healthy local church allows us to thrive. And whatever body part we believe we are, we thrive because we're connected by ligaments. I wonder who your ligaments are. Who are your life joints? Where are the connection points for you? It may be through serving in a particular area. It may be a friendship group. It may be a small connect group. It may be one one things. You'll, you'll maybe never get to the place where you can say, well, I actually know everybody in this church. Don't worry about that. What matters is you've got enough significant, life-enriching connection points that keep you connected to the instruction from the head. So keep all the, nervous, ner- the nerves working. Keep the blood flowing and you contributing to the health of the whole. I hope, you can, I hope names of faces come to mind when I say, who are your life joints? Because those are your connections into this healthy, functioning and mutually strengthening body. The other thing I realized is, if you analyze it on the natural body, every body part only actually has significant contact with a few other parts. I know there are some that go all the way back to head, but, you know, if I'm the kidney, my my, my kidney sits next to whatever it sits next to, maybe the liver and an intestine or something or other, but it, it never touches my ankle, it never touches my ear or my nose, it's got just a few body parts around it, maybe that's a lesson in itself it's not about you knowing everybody it's about you knowing enough to stay healthy the appropriate people the best people so that you're a healthy functioning member of this body so a healthy body's got one visible form one head and it's connected by healthy ligaments my fourth thought is this healthy bodies grow they do they grow Ephesians 4, our scripture says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows. We get bothered when we're not growing in the seasons of life when we should be growing. You know, from about naught to 18-ish, we're very keen to grow. We want to grow when we get to a sort of our full stature a full mass you might say we don't want to be growing anymore do we we grow that way and we grow in, in other directions we want to be growing in different ways so we want to grow in wisdom we want to grow in life skills we want to grow in maturity we want emotional growth and relational growth the nature of the growth changes as we go through life and I think it's the same with churches we grow and the growth it takes different expressions at different times in the journey. But ultimately, it says the growth comes from him. From him, the whole body grows. So as the head sets the pace, we grow. Interesting. Another thing that's in the head is the mouth. It's where the food goes in. isn't it? So if we're going to grow, we've got to be connected to the head. So we're receiving the right spiritual food from Christ. Heads where decisions are made, helps us grow and mature. You know, your personal spiritual growth comes from the head Jesus. So you've got, to re- you've got to have a strong devotional relationship with the head at all times. And that's your contribution to keeping this corporate body healthy. The other thing I've realized is, as I was thinking about this, healthy bodies grow proportionately. We we become something a bit bizarre if one part of our body grows disproportionately to the rest. I can remember years ago uh, when my kids were young, they used to watch some really weird stuff on the telly, and I watch it thinking, what is this sort of cartoons and weird stuff? And there was one in uh, which had this little these aliens came to Earth, and I can remember watching this program with the kids, going, what is this? And uh, for some reason, the heads of these aliens kept growing and everything else didn't. And the heads grew and grew and grew and grew until they got so big they couldn't support them. And they went, Doof! and they were stuck to the floor because of their big heads. I think they were trying to make some creative point about not being a big head or something. <laughs> like they do. And it's just bonkers, isn't it? Healthy bodies grow in proportion to the rest of the body. Now I would suggest to you, God has got you as a community, on a growth curve. He's got you on a growth trajectory. New people are coming all the time and joining you as, your, as a community. When I think back to, let's say, pre-COVID, you know, three, four years ago, this congregation looks very different to what it did then. Just does? Some people have come, some people have gone. The the nature of the community shifts. The world around us has shifted because of what's going on in it. Well, at any point in time, we've got to be growing in proportion to who we are, who God has added, so that we stay beautiful. And that means all growing together, growing spiritually, responding to the food that's coming from Christ to the whole body. Because when I grow... We grow, but if half the church decide, I've done with this growth thing. I think I've got my salvation secure now. I think I'm on the way to heaven. I'm done with all this sanctification process. I think I'm sanctified as ever I need to be. Um, I'm just going to stick with what I've got and wait until I get to heaven. That's like a part of the body deciding I'm not going to grow anymore, and the rest of the body keeps growing. And it begins to look bizarre. Begins to look a bit odd, a bit weird. And the world will look on and go, there's something not quite healthy about that. Whereas I want the world to look on and go, wow, what an awesome community. What a healthy body this church is. You know, growth becomes more about maturity and reproduction beyond a certain point. I'm I'm glad that I stopped growing physically when I got to whatever age it was. But I'm grateful I kept growing in maturity and wisdom and understanding. And I'm glad that I grew to a point, because I was mature, I could now reproduce myself. I could sow seed, I could have children. The family can increase. And I think we have to be careful that we understand growth for every church looks different some churches are committed to being just as big numerically as they can be we want to fill this room and then we want to fill it twice and then we'll fill it three times and you know we'll be a thousand people king's church and hang on a minute what if the head's not leading you in that direction what if the head is saying no there's a because i think there's an optimum mass for every church just like there is for a human body And when they reach that, a few come and a few go, and they hover around that sort of size for maybe quite a few years. And that's all right. What matters is that they keep growing in maturity, and they keep growing by reproduction. So instead of looking just to build this mass, you have kids. And people who've been with you for a number of years, they move off and they plant something else, or they join another church somewhere, and we become part of just extending God's wider kingdom having spiritual children. A healthy body has got one form, one head, it's connected by ligaments, and it's growing. Are you growing? Because when you grow, we grow. My fifth thought was this. A healthy body cares for itself. He says, from him the whole body joins and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up. In love, builds itself up. Interesting. So, we as a body are supposed to build ourselves up, not to wait for some external force to mature us, build us, teach us, train us, give us stuff. No, that's a very immature, childish worldview. We're supposed to take responsibility for ourselves and get to the gym, eat the right stuff. Stay devotionally connected to the head. Keep our spiritual connections and ligaments strong with each other. We have to care for ourselves. You think incredible how your body has all these self-care instincts built in. You know, if a piece of dust drops into your eye right now, you will blink to push it out of the way without thinking about it. The body is just caring for itself. When your brain needs a shot of oxygen, you will yawn. And when you yawn, Arthur Churchill yawn, because somehow yawns are con- uh, contagious, aren't they? Um, you know, when you walk into a bright light suddenly, you instinctively furrow your brow and shield your eyes. When you cut yourself, your blood automatically starts to clot to heal itself. When you're in danger, the adrenaline that kicks in makes you able to kind of jump higher Go further, press through stuff. I remember years ago, me and my wife and a couple of friends, we went on a holiday to the Lake District. And we thought we were, we'd done a walk, and we, we could pretty much see where we were staying in this small country hotel. And we worked out, this map is taking us all the way around the houses. I think we can just get there if we cut across a couple of fields. Let's go for it. So we hopped over a wall and started walking across these fields, aiming straight for the hotel. And suddenly became aware that there was a group of young heifers. There were young cows in this field. And we hadn't seen them because they were kind of just over the brow. And they see us. You know what cows are like? They go, hmm? what are you doing in my field? And they start to slowly plod towards us so we're walking across the field and this little herd of cows are starting to get a bit faster a bit faster we were absolutely petrified so we, we start to run because we started to run the cows started to run and so we're, we're tearing down this field aiming for this fence it was like a, a half fence half wall thing we were aiming which was the side of the road so we thought get over the fence on the roadside we we'll be fine and we're rushing and rushing and rushing four of us we get to this fence we leapt over it and all the cows end up looking over the fence fences and we went thank God we made it took half a step back and and said to another have we just jumped over that because it was way too high for us to jump over there's no way no if you'd have said could you please jump over that wall Steve I'd have gone no don't be stupid but fear adrenaline you know <laughs> The approaching cows, they make you do amazing things. I remember saying to them, it's incredible, that, isn't it? Was it the wind of the Holy Spirit that took us over? No, it was your physical adrenaline and maybe a little bit of God's protection as well because we did a little bit more following him by then. <laughs> but your body just does it. It spontaneously reacts to its own needs. And What I'm simply saying is this, as, as the local body this church... To be a healthy body, you have to have all those spontaneous needs kick in. Care for one another. If one part is in need, the body responds and helps the need. Have an eye to the whole body's health. In Paul's extended chapter on this theme in 1 Corinthians 12, I mentioned earlier, he says, if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. And that, that's a healthy body functioning. So have an eye to the whole body's health, not just the health of yourself and your immediate body part. You know, in Acts, it tells us that all believers were, they were in one heart and one mind. They, they shared what they had and so on. And I, I read those scriptures and I think, just spontaneously caring for one another, having a heart for each other is so important if you become aware there's a need in the in the community of the church what do you do well the book of James says that that's great fine to pray for each other yeah do let's pray for one another. but how about also putting your hand in your pocket and helping them how about offering to do their washing or pick their kids up from school think about the practicalities of their life because that kind of care grows the church it equips the church now, if you leave everything to the pastors, it'll just kill them and overwork them. No, they're, they're just one part of the body. So we've got to have that mutual care and willingness to serve. Some years ago, we lived in Leicester. And we'd moved from Bradford down to Leicestershire. I'd taken a role in a Bible school down in the Midlands. And we'd arrived with a young family, four children, and uh, the connect group we were in, the guy said to me, um, who was running it, he said, he said um, I commit to finding you a babysitter every week. I said, what do you mean? He said, if you will trust me, I will find a babysitter for you every week. And I, I discovered this guy, he was a single man. He didn't even have kids of his own, and yet he was observant enough to realise Steve and K are in trouble, aren't they? Because they've moved to a new city, new church, nobody knows them. How are they ever going to be able to go out? How are they ever going to be able to come to Connect Group? Unless somebody helps them get some babysitters and some childcare, they're in trouble. And he just did it. It was beautiful. Thank you, Lord. That's the body caring for itself. And just being observant and doing what needed to be done. Let me ask you a question on this. If you call this church your home, you're part of this body, what would you do if nobody ever asked you to do anything? If nobody ever approached you and said, oh, would you like to join a team? Would you like to give some money? Would you like to help with this? If it was just you taking all the initiative, what would you do? What do you see needs doing? How aware are you of what the church needs, what the body needs? That's, I find that a very challenging question because sometimes I look around my home church and I think what would I do if nobody asks me to help to contribute, to do? but what would I do probably nothing because I, I don't know enough people well enough or I'm not aware of her needs enough or, or you can go on like that you know you become aware, these people are going on holiday as a young family and think ah bless them it's good they're having a holiday I wonder if they've got spending money Yeah, maybe I could give them a few quid for the kids to get ice creams. And you just do what you do. It's the body just caring for itself. And if you're thinking, well, nobody ever inquires about me, well, just you reap what you sow then, don't you? Because we've got to have an attitude that says, I'll just give, I'll share, I'll keep an eye out, I'll keep the body strong, and then you reap back what you sow. My last thought was this the body has no spare parts from him the whole body joined and held together by each supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work now we tend to think some parts of the body are more important than others but of course it's not true some parts are on show the visible some are hidden but all are necessary and as in 1 Corinthians 12:24, Paul writes, he says that God has put the members of the body together and given more prominence to some than others, but actually, they should have equal concern for each other. Equal concern. Every part's needed. You are not the appendix that was taken out. Because the thought, what's that for? Or you're not the tonsils that were removed <laughs> from the child, because you can live without them. No, you... No, you're a vital part of this church body. Vital part. There's no spare parts. Every part's needed. Just pop my last slide up, all the, all the pictures. Now, all the pictures of the church in the Bible help us to become the best we can be. You'll see I've put in the bottom corner there, and more, because there are more. And maybe, maybe you'd like to meditate yourself, think through yourself on some of the other pictures that the Bible uses to describe healthy church community because as we aspire to be them it positions us to be a wonderful gift to the world that we are doing life in wonderful gift to our community to be a healthy body healthy family healthy flock a passionate bride a fruitful vine a glorious temple a bright clear light so we could go on now i guess In terms of response to this, the first thing you have to do is settle that you are part of this body. I'd encourage you, if you've not been coming long, or if you're on the fringe or you're not as fully connected, you don't feel, I've not got ligaments yet, well, stick with it. Keep coming. Step out of your zone a little bit and talk to some people. Come to the new to church things that the church puts on so that you become part of our observable, visible unity. And the longer you hang around, you'll get to know the voice of this church. You'll get to know the mind of Christ as expressed through this particular local church. You'll get to know what God, what is God saying and doing through King's Newport? Because it's unique. Every local church functions on behalf of Christ to meet its immediate community with a sense of mission. uh, It does my head in when all churches think they should be doing everything that everybody else is doing. No, talk to Jesus about what he wants you to do a model for him. And just do that well and be in peace. Build life joints. If you feel a bit disconnected, build some of those ligaments. And keep growing. When you grow, we grow. So keep growing in your faith, growing your understanding of the Bible. Read it. Keep growing in your prayer life. Keep growing in your gifts and your skill sets so that holistically we grow as a balanced church community and have an eye to the health of the whole body. Don't just make it a, a selfish indulgence. Yeah, I go to that church because it helps me be a better me. No, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about his mission. It's about the world. The, the community is put together so we can have a greater impact in the world. Play your unique part in this expression of God's beautiful body, the church. And I think as we live that way, the church becomes healthy, and more importantly, it becomes the greatest gift possible to the hurting world around us. Amen? I'm just going to pray for you, and then Dave will come. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us everything we need to serve your purpose in the earth in our generation. Lord, we're mindful of the days we live in. There's so complex, so much stuff going on, so much pain in the world. But we thank you, Jesus, that you said that we should be in peace. Because though in this world there would be trouble, you would overcome this world. And you've put us in as, as in it to be peace-bringers, Lord, to be a resource for good, to be the light to shed your kingdom voice forward. And we pray you'd help each of us here today to find a place of settled peace in your mission as part of this body of Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.